2: For full, important safety information, visit juviderm.com.
3: Briar Moss can curse in five different languages. We mostly curse in English. So if you're listening around English speakers, you may want to make sure they're okay with curses. Oh, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Emily. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading chapter five of Street Magic. So grab your cup of coffee.
0: Or tea. Or your drink of choice.
4: The Doctor's in. Chapter five.
3: Is all about Briar and Evie going to the camel gut den to heal all of these kids that have been injured in this annoying ladies fucking gang war. I have no yeah. opinions on her whatsoever. None. Briar just kind of walks in there and takes charge inspired by Rosethorn, WWRTD. What would Rosethorn do? Basically. And he just takes over. He's like, okay, this is what's going on. You do this, you do this, you do that. Are, are you guys trying to be secretive here? Uh, not really. Okay, open all the windows, take down this paper. We need as much light as we could get. We need some fresh air. And then Evie's kind the of following. Stuff. And they do. And Evie's kind of following him around with what, the, the basket that he gave her to carry. And yes. she's like, is there anything I can do? And he's like, uh, wait a minute. And he pulls a clear stone from his pocket. And he's like, maybe now that you know you can use magic, you could make this light up. And she's like, oh, yeah, give me that. She makes it light up. And he's like, oh, fuck. That's scary how easily she did that. Then she reveals. Well, after you convinced me that I had magic, I went and like messed around with the stones where I lived because there's a lot of those. And then she's like, "I want, I want something else. I can do. Is there something else I can do? Ooh, do you need anything made hot? Yeah, sure. Go, go find some stones and see if you can make them warm. We get, we get a little bit of Evie backstory here. We find out that she was a slave, and she escaped. And we get the explanation of the word mate. Which I know right. Brittany loved. Again.
4: For the 50s Again.
3: Time. <laughs> oh <God. laughs> There's more arguing and disbelief between them where Briar's like, oh, come on, you're in a gang. And Evie's like, no, I'm, I'm really not. And then Briar keeps saying, talking about his days in a gang. And she's like, she wasn't in a gang. He's totally bullshitting. Maybe he's not. I'm not sure. One of the camel guts has already died. One of the others dies in this chapter. The other camel guts basically vote to join the vipers because they want protection. I'm like, eh.
2: instead of getting
3: instead of getting beat up, let's uh, let's go join them. Which upsets Briar, and he leaves along with Evie. Mm-hmm. Also because they're done. <laughs> it's not just oh well, you guys suck now, so I'm leaving. Oh.
4: He did his job. <laughs> yeah. He fixed him up as best he could. And then he's like, well...
3: Then at the end, we get the backstory of the Vipers, specifically their leader, Ikrum, and how he met this lady trying to rob her. Then she kind of like was like, you're interesting and I'm bored. Let me take you back to my rich-ass palace home place and tell me all about your woes. And then she got like really invested in many a way. Into this Viper gang. And uh, that's how it became her pet gang. How incredibly
4: disturbing.
3: So he arrives. He's come to tell her that the Camel Guts have agreed to join them. Because she said, you know, as soon as you have news, come tell me. And when he gets there, he realizes that the tiles in the room where they meet are red. And he's pretty sure they were blue the day before. This freaks him out enough that when he does his like bowing prostrate before her, he will not let his face touch the tiles because he's like, nah, something, something's wrong here. They're like, like this space has been defiled and he's aware of it. He gives her the news. She gives him some new nose rings and there's, there's silver ones for the new vipers, and then there's gold ones for the old vipers. She's going to send her healer, but when she finds out that they've already had Briar come over, she's like, oh, no, they don't get my healer. Those they don't deserve my healer. Ungrateful people who are Children. wanting to not be dead. Ikrum also mentions that their friend Sajiv never returned. And she's like, ah, some people just, you know, they don't have it in them. Don't worry about
0: him. And he can tell that she's basically telling him he's dead.
3: But obviously he uh, doesn't, he's not really in a position to bring
0: that up. Yeah.
3: And then she gives him some money. Mm -hmm. Part one of our three-step reading process. Is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter. How did you guys feel about this
0: chapter? It is all right?
4: I think it's probably one of the weaker chapters so far. This chapter reminded me of a lot of the chapter in Sandry's book when she is kind of taking charge of like cleaning up the crime scene. It kind of gives off the same vibe of like showing our principal character in the book. And, like, how they've not necessarily grown, but also become more competent in their ability, you know, as mages. How they become more competent in the past four years. Because it shows that Sandra has become, like, this person of action that will go out and do whatever possible to to get whatever objective she needs to get done, done. And it yeah. shows how Briar has kind of become this um, potential, like, leader. He will stand up and also get stuff done and it's an interesting way of doing it because it it shows them kind of being thrust in this position of there's a group something bad has happened and they need to take charge and they're like 14 yeah but they're also mages so they have this level of competence that they did not have in the original like trilogy they're still kids but they were kids without a lot of magical training. And now they've been through a lot more stuff and they have experience and they're capable of stepping up and showing that, like, hey, back when I was a kid, all I could do was try to help my mentor. And now they're the ones taking charge of the situation.
3: I feel like it goes without saying that there's a lot of patterns that we see in the book, but that's one that I actually don't feel like I noticed before. And so now I'm really interested to see when we get to the next two books, if there's going to be some moment for them where there's where they a disaster. Take charge. Yeah,
4: well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that the chapter is a little slower and like less, I guess, actiony than the next ones, but it shows, sure, how competent these characters have become.
0: Yeah, and it gave us a lot of information though too. It gave us some backstory, which mm-hmm. is nice. It gives us a lot of backstory. We get Evie's backstory. We get the
3: backstory of the Vi- the Vipers, and to some degree of this evil rich
0: lady. So it it was a nice world building chapter.
4: Not enough children being choked to death. Two out of ten.
0: (laughs) Beautiful.
3: Uh. I love it. (laughs) Like, we're going to start rating the books and the chapters on, like, a death scale. (laughs) Like, on on a scale of one to ten of just how horrific the deaths were. And one is light and fluffy in which almost no one dies. Like a Disney movie. And ten is... <laughs>
4: turned into chunks by a net.
0: <laughs> yes.
4: Well, I guess a, a child did die in this one, but he got bonked on the head. That's sad.
0: Yeah, and it didn't go into, like, the gory details of his death. It said, oh, he has a dent in his head. Yeah, it was It was that a little he's...
3: bit more like a hospital patient. And we get yeah. back around to him, and it's, oh, that patient's gone.
4: I, I liked how uh, Lady Zanadia is bored and she's essentially making her own personal reality TV show, except she's using actual living people, her children i guess actual living children and making their drama her drama and like yeah. the, it's it's pretty fucked so i guess i don't yeah. like it but it's a very interesting like <laughs> this lady is so bored she's making gang fights more interesting and like getting her, herself involved so she won't be bored like what a rotten yeah. horrible thing what to an do
3: awful human person human yeah person. like we talked about Alzena and Nurhar and how they're horrible and like, okay, we finally have like villains, but they're they were still
4: like driven by revenge.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. their
3: motivations like... are understandable. And, yeah. and like, she is truly just horror incarnate. Mm-hmm. Yeah
4: it's like jeff bezos the most dangerous game dystopian fucking horror show i can imagine like this is bad it
0: actually reminds me shit, if you wanted to yeah, yeah. It, you, when uh, you have
4: enough money you can just get away with anything.
0: the good thing he's not bored the
4: thing he's it, preoccupied with space i guess he,
0: his boredom he goes to space he doesn't turn <laughs> countries though. against each other <laughs> even it's, though it's, he is no longer classified as an astronaut one
4: of the other things I liked was uh, Briar's Worry Stone and the whole story that, like, kind of goes with it about thinking about something else breaks a chain that feeds rising temper. Uh, just, you know, just a cute little story about a little rock that he carries and it comes in handy as a flashlight, apparently.
0: But didn't it, he... doesn't have the Worry Stone anymore. Lady Bitch Face has it at the end. Yeah, which is fucked. Yeah. yeah. He was so angry and disgusted by the... them. Decide a joiner that he's like forgot his rock.
3: I, I feel like that's thematically fitting because it's the thing that's supposed to make him stop being angry. Yeah. Ooh, and so he left get... it behind in his
0: anger. Ooh, mm-hmm.
4: Now he's gonna get extra angry.
0: You they won't know. like it when he's angry. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Briar acting in charge, so he instantly becomes the one in charge. If you give off that aura of, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Listen to me while everyone else is freaking out and not doing it. People are more likely to believe you and just start doing what you tell them.
0: Whenever uh, Briar was telling Evie, I bet if you concentrate real, real hard on this, you can maybe possibly put some light in it to it. And she's like, oh, that. And she's like, does it real easily. I thought that was pretty funny. That was great. Uh, Yeah, it was pretty great. Briar is fixing one of the kid's arms and Evie's like doesn't that hurt him? And he's like that's why it's nice for us that he's passed out. Or he would be screaming (laughs) really, really loud. They would would hear him all the way at Aliput gate. (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) poor kid. Oh, the days
3: before painkillers. Oh, yes.
0: I also like the part where briar thanks evie she thinks that he's about to hit her because she didn't put the warmth into the stones as good as as she thought she should and so she's like he's gonna hurt me because i didn't do a good job and then he thanks her and she's like whoa he just thanked me it was so sweet I started tearing up, if I'm being honest. It was so that, cute.
4: That was so painful, hearing the way that Evie had been treated for, I imagine, most of her life. It's basically trauma. Like, she's so traumatized by the way that she's been treated by people because she was a slave, she was sold off, and she's been living on the streets, and people didn't care about her at all.
0: It reminded me of Briar when he was too, because yeah. he always thought that Rosethorn was going to beat him.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm it
0: didn't help that she threatened to do so but...
4: <laughs> <laughs> she threatened him with hanging not beatings totally yes
0: different. Totally, totally different,
3: different. <laughs> so do we think that briar's possibly a better teacher
0: because he doesn't threaten evie he needed Ooh. to be threatened i think that may be true <laughs> i i think he knows that she doesn't need to be threatened yeah so. for sure so i, I feel like uh just them being around the person and knowing they get a good read on people. Yeah. I feel Cause That's if you cool. were to try to be like Rose Thorne and be harsh and cruel with her, I don't think that would have worked at all. No.
4: I feel that once they realize the truth about each other, that like Evie is a street kid, but she doesn't have a gang. She's just been living on her own. And when she realizes that Briar actually wasn't a gang and he actually was able to get cleaned up and become this like, active productive member of society i think they'll be able to get along a lot better right now they are still they're getting along but they're still like that kind of tense like evie legit thinks he might beat her or something because that's just what she's always been used to but like maybe when she realizes that he's been through it and he isn't gonna do that it'll make things a bit smoother
0: when briar tells evie Keep making sour faces, and you'll need spectacles. It happened to one of my mates. It can happen to you. <laughs> <Like she laughs> made spectacles before he knew her, like, but because she made sour faces all the time, that's why she needs those glasses. <laughs> like, but you know what?
3: Life. She probably <laughs> did make sour faces all the time, even <laughs> before he met her. Yeah,
5: that's, that's
3: very fair. <laughs>
4: No, did you has...
3: have reason to yes but yes
0: yeah <laughs> that's why i wear glasses why i molly used to make she... sour faces
4: you still yeah. do just all the time
0: all the time yeah that, that's why your eyes don't get fixed <laughs> <laughs> right if you if you just stop doing that your eyes will be perfect
4: yeah i yeah molly i don't think i've ever seen you like ever smile ever or be happy
0: you always got this sour look on your face <laughs> Never laugh. Never smile. My next one was a dislike. It was already touched on about the mates thing. Explaining mates yet again. Drove me fucking insane. I'm like, here she goes again explaining mate. We know it's not wife. We know it's friend.
4: Tammy, stop it.
0: Tammy.
3: There she goes. (laughs) Like, this is the sixth
0: (laughs) Explaining mate again. If someone is starting on the sixth book, they're going to be totally confused. Why you need to keep explaining things on the sixth book, I don't understand. I could understand if it was the first book, I guess, but it's the sixth book.
4: No, actually, no actually, no. If someone did start on the sixth book it would probably be best to have that in there to explain what they mean by mate. Well,
0: why, you, Not for the long-time readers. Confused, but no, you no, no, be more confused about what the hell is going on in the book than the actual word mate. you be like, <laughs> who are all these people and what the fuck is going on? I don't understand. Oh, mate? I, oh, I understood that one. Oh, but she explained it anyway. I disagree.
3: Yeah, see, I kind of disagree with both of you. I think that mate is a well-enough known word that people are going to get it, but um, I think that you could, st- I think that you can totally read these books out of order, like yes. in any order you choose, and it's not going to cause you that much trouble understanding. Perfect. I think the bigger issue is spoilers. Yes. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would say, I know that you can read these books out of order because I did the first time I read them, I did not read them in order. You
4: know, at this point, I think it's just a running gag between her and her editor. Frankly.
3: Probably. It may
5: Probably.
4: be. Just doing it on purpose because it's funny. Yeah.
0: The joke has worn off. All right, okay. <laughs> you need a new joke. <laughs> <laughs> really?
3: Well, she had to put in mate because who's going to wear power like a cloak in this book? Yeah. Yeah. Mm that's true, true. That's, and the uh, next two books maybe Lady Zanadia will wear power like a cloak before this maybe, is over maybe oh, i mean maybe. we haven't met the uh we haven't
4: T-shirt. met
0: the the stone mage guy maybe it, he maybe can wear he power does. like a cloak mm-hmm. maybe
4: perhaps
0: all right i have one last one and then i'm done when H- hikram is thinking to himself he's wondering if her husband's died of natural causes. <laughs> his his yeah. private nightmare was that she had bitten their heads off while embracing them. And I just had this, like, Black Widow vibe. It's pretty great. It's like, yeah, she's, she'd be a Black Widow if she were a spider. I, I could definitely see her doing that. We've touched on a couple of
5: mine. The way that Briar just... Mine is more so the conversation beforehand that he had with one of the other healers. You know, why do they listen to you? Well, because you if you Mm -hmm. act like you're in charge, you're in charge. They're going to do what you say if you act like you know what you're doing. I know we touched on it, but I want to, like, go a little bit more in depth in it. The whole fact that Evie puts light into the stone and Briar's just like, uh, uh... You did that awful quick. That's concerning. (laughs) When you're a quick learner and you just kind of catch on to things, you kind of can intimidate people who it took a little bit to figure it out. And, And I love the fact that that was included because it does kind of give that setup for later. And I know that I haven't read the last three books, but just listening to what Molly has said about the last three books, and the fact that we continue to see Evie through them. I feel like this sets up really well for how fast she picks up on two things in general, which will keep her as a reoccurring character. Now, again, I wouldn't know that she was a reoccurring character if I didn't already know this from Molly. But yeah, I, 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 I do feel like that's a great setup for it, though. That's like one of the first really good
3: cementing setups Um, i i do think that's interesting because i don't i'll i'll talk more about this when we actually get to those books but i kind of have the impression that when pierce wrote this book that she didn't have the plans for evie that we we end up with later but evie and briar's relationship is definitely very different than say sandry and pasco's and obviously don't want to compare it to the others yet because we haven't gotten there but you will see that by the end some some things some very clear differences that again are very obvious setup for potentially seeing evie further whether or not like you knew it was going to happen
5: And I know we also talked about the part where he had thanked her and she got really like emotional about it. But I want to touch on it again because this is another one I want to add more to. I love this because you know she hasn't gotten that kind of attention. She states flat out that she doesn't go around people. She's not really a, a people person. And we do see it in earlier chapters when she's cleaning the stones and whatnot. Like, he doesn't actually ever say thank you to her. He pays her, but that's not necessarily a thank you. That's a, you did a job for me. I'm paying you for your service. This is probably one of the first times that she's been genuinely thanked. And it affects her so emotionally. It warms my heart because they are what the other one needs.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: And kind of see it really well. Y- you start seeing it here and you'll see it more and more as the book progresses, how much they need the other person. And I love it. I love it so much. I don't think anybody touched on this. You want a cloth to wipe that fool off your chin? <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes! <laughs> so, yes, I, I love, love
5: that whole, whole learning thing. and E's just like, motherfucker. <laughs> We You're have other shit to do. Here. <laughs> Let's
4: go. You're spending more time rubbing this lotion on a fucking flea bite than a broken arm. Like, come on, man.
3: <laughs> I love the girl in that scene because she's like tickling him with her toes and all this shit. And I'm like, oh my god, yes. There's like they're
5: they're flirting and it's very obvious. And he's just like motherfucker. We got too much shit to do. I need you to stop. Let's go. (laughs) We kind of touched on just the whole idea of Evie not quite believing that Briar was in a gang and Briar not believing that Evie isn't in the gang. But there's a, a line in particular that I genuinely like about this. It's how could someone as clever as he Uh, was not understand unless he told the truth and he had belonged to a gang. No, that was too outlandish. Old gang kids worked in inns or peddled rags or labored on farms or in buildings. They never became clean, well-dressed, anything. We we get a little bit more of, not only a feel of Evie's perspective, but we also kind of get a little bit of world building here as well. If nobody ever becomes more than that it, it makes sense for her to not want to be in a gang I, I like the additional like little bit of world building there in just like two sentences I love Evie's uh, line of grabbing's rude no matter who does it
3: amen I second,
5: I second that like don't fucking touch me I will end you <laughs> you're no dirt person you have ambition courage pride I will help you there are people in the world who would genuinely help just to help and I like I want to be the person who genuinely helps just to help but we see a lot of it thematically there's always a catch no matter what yes I'll help you but you got to give me something in return there's a lot of foreshadowing in that line I feel and even like sets up for what has happened to now to also make sense while talking about the tiles for some reason, he didn't want them touching his face. That is specifically what stands out to me, not necessarily his reaction, but the he did not want them touching his face. I don't blame him, but he doesn't know why I don't blame him. I don't like the scene and I don't like the context, but I really like the uh, comment that she makes at the end of, the world is full of lesser people by their errors and followers Hollies, they drag the better ones, the true-hearted ones down. When you find mm. someone who is small in that way, it is needful to set him aside before he, before his taint of failure spreads. It's the mindset of got to cut the weakest link. I don't like the context and I don't like the reason it's been said, but I really love how it's said. If that makes sense.
3: We talked some about how Pasco and sandry are sort of foils for one another, right? Like. They have these contrasting qualities that make this relationship conflicting, that make it interesting, that it, it forces Sandry to grow, grow specifically, I mean, it forces both of them to grow. It's In this chapter, it's very clear that Pierce has done the same with Briar and Evie. That they have all these commonalities, they've come from this same world, they grew up in this same world, but they faced it in very different ways. Now, because Briar is older, and because he's been at Winding Circle for four years, he no longer lives in that world, and he's come so far out of it that it's not apparent that he ever was there. And so we have, again, these two kind of foil characters where they're, they have these, these distinct differences that are going to allow them to grow as they get to know one another.
2: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring.
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
2: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
3: Part two is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter. What theme or message did you find?
0: The theme I found was don't judge a book by its cover. Both Evie and Briar keep thinking that they know what the other one has gone through. Evie thinks that Briar has not been in a gang when we all know... That he has. And Briar keeps thinking. That Evie is in a gang. When she hasn't been. That's the major one. But I found one more as well. When it was talking about. How the Vipers got started. Whenever he first meets. Lady. The lady. Lady Bitch Face. Did she make Bitch Face? Yeah. Did, did she make Bitch, bitch face? face? When he first sees her. Um, he thinks that she's just an overly dressed prostitute. He tries to steal from her and then come to find out oh she isn't that she is actually someone of high power just turned just, his whole world upside down and he doesn't know if he's grateful for that or not um, I so just that, love
5: the fact that he thought she was a prostitute I know right can
0: we just can we just
5: let that sink in for a second he <laughs> thought she was a well dressed prostitute
4: man yeah. Roast, roasted
5: love Mm -hmm. that
4: so much so the theme that i found was making the best decisions you can under pressure Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, briar doing triage with all the camel guts who were hurt that was actually under one of my likes uh, was the whole triage i love triage i i don't like triage but like the idea of helping who you can and if someone's too far gone you know it's a tough decision but overall for the good of the most amount of people briar has been through it and he did that with the camel guts saving who he could and focusing on the most injured people who still had a chance of coming back that's just making the best decision he can the camel guts also eventually deciding to side with the vipers uh, to survive since Mm -hmm. the majority of their members were hurt there's only so much they can do you could argue the merits of joining a gang that just killed two of your members and like severely hurt a whole lot of other ones, but unless you've been in that situation, it's kind of hard to pass judgment on whether or not that was correct. So they're doing the best that they can. And Ikram, when he was confronted with uh, Lady Zanadia the first time, I I guess that he understood that he he had hesitated and been like, oh, wait, don't kill me. This was a mistake. It was an accident. It's possible that he could have just been killed along with his friends, but instead saying, hey, just kill me quick, kind of trying to put some bravado on it. I guess gave Ladies and some pause and was like, you're different. And that kind of allowed him to uh, survive, act, actually thrive under her. So,
5: yeah.
4: He, he lucked out.
5: Mine is actually the act as if they should obey because we we see it a lot with Briar and he just kind of walks in and goes okay no idea what I'm doing but I have an idea let's go and just says yeah I'm in charge now we're gonna do what I say we also see that with in quite the other way with Ikram is somebody else has basically been like I'm in charge now and he's like okay (laughs) good to know there's a lot of power shifts I feel in this chapter. Maybe people who, I can't say people who shouldn't be in charge being in charge, but it, that's kind of what it is, is people who, people ha- have the ability to step forward and do what needs to be done for better or for worse.
3: I was going to say kind of the same thing. I was going to say leadership, because this is this point where we get Several we we see several different leadership styles, particularly Briar versus Lady Zanadia. And, and we've talked about this kind of thing in other ways, like they spend their money differently. And here we see how they're both absolutely taking charge of a situation, but doing it in very different ways because Briar is still clearly showing respect to the people around him. He's listening to the people around him. Evie says, Can I help? And so he goes, Okay, well, how how can I let her help more? And then when she says, oh, maybe can I make something hot for you? He's like, oh, great. That's a great idea. You know, he's he's listening to people around him. He's taking suggestions, but he's still the person in charge. Whereas ladies, Nadia, don't give a fuck what you say. If it's not. Yeah. Yeah. If it's if it's not what she wants you to say, you're going to shut up or lose your tongue or your head, whatever.
0: You can just find a new person to play around with, basically. yeah, They're all replaceable. Ugh. Ugh, How horrible.
3: Part three. Part three. He's reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. I have a smaller point to make that is part of a broader point. The smaller part is this felt like a really good reminder for me to find people to bring into my classroom, to interact with my students who have been through similar experiences, who are now in different places, but have been through similar experiences. They may be in a position that's kind of like Eddie, you know, well, people like me don't do things like that. I shouldn't I shouldn't expect to do very well. I would like to have people who can come in and say, actually, I was once a person like you, but I'm now doing this or that or the other thing. I can tell them what options are potentially available to them, but unless they see it with their own eyes, it's not going to be particularly apparent. Kind of like Evie being told that she has magic and not believing it until she actually (laughs) does it. But in a much broader sense... I feel like I need to give all of my coworkers this chapter, if not this whole book, because it just feels like there are such really good lessons in it about teaching. Magic Steps was also partially about teaching, but I feel like this has really gotten into the kind of things like sort of do's and don'ts about teachering. And you get you get these different leadership styles and you see oh this is the this is the the good teacher person you can be even when you're not sure you're doing it right and this is the per the other person who you could be but probably shouldn't be and i think particularly for the environment in which i teach it would be useful for my coworkers to see this kind of thing because we also i also teach in a very impoverished area so the kids in this story have some things in common with the kids who we work with probably fewer kids in gangs at our school but you know i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) not a lot of rural arkansas gangs out there
4: so my personal magic was uh taking charge of the situation it was the scene where Briar, you know, I'd mentioned I to read right at the beginning uh, where Briar acted in charge and he sort of became in charge because he was the one that stepped up and did it because no one else was really able to able or willing to do it. It it reminded me, I want to say it was three, four months ago that I witnessed a uh, car wreck in the middle of town. I was maybe a quarter mile down the road following a car that T-boned another car that was turning i'm not going to get into who was fault at that but when i got up to the cars at the intersection when they collided all the other cars at the intersection were either stopped or like some of them were still trying to go around the wreck right in the middle of the road and the people were like starting to step out of the cars but i didn't see anyone stop or put their hazard lights on or get out of the car and see if anyone needed help and I did. Like when I got to the light, I turned my hazards on, like in front of where the accident was, got my phone out, called the police, you know, said, Hey, there's an accident at this intersection. Everyone seems to be fine, but the cars are blocking it. Probably need a couple cars out here. I went and checked up on the drivers that were kind of getting out of their cars and making sure they're okay. Everyone as far as I could tell, no one was seriously injured. Everyone was still able to walk and no one was bleeding or anything, but the cars were pretty Fucked up. One of the cars was actually left on, which I got into and turned, you know, the key off. It was weird that I was not the first car to the intersection when the accident happened. I it took me a little bit to drive up there and everyone else was still just sitting in their cars, like either watching or like continuing to try to drive around it. I I I was kind of proud of myself that I kind of had the thought of like, hey get out, go check to see if there's anything you can do. I I could have been one of those people that just kept on driving past. I don't know. I didn't let that happen. I I got out and at least tried to do something.
0: I guess mine ties in with my theme, Don't Judge a Book by Its Cover, because I catch myself doing that all the time, just assuming that I know what somebody is like or what they've been through, just based on like appearances. And I catch myself doing that all the time and I want to be better about it and be like, you know what? You don't know what they've been through. You don't know anything about them. So you should stop trying to decide how they are and what they're like, just based on the little bit that you know about them.
5: I wouldn't know anything about judging them by a cover, would I, Brittany?
0: No, not at all.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so I actually found two. One of them is the line of, I would have fought until the end of time before joining a gang that killed a mate of mine. We're finished here. I am very, very stubborn. Very, very protective. I will admit that, like, I'm loyal to a fault. <laughs> like, even if I see that someone is wrong, that is in my friend group, I I will say something. Hey, I think you're wrong. But like to everybody else, I will defend their actions. And for those people that I actually give a shit about, I fight and fight until there's nothing left to fight about. I think it's nice to see, for me especially, with a character that I did relate to a lot when I was younger and still have those moments of, oh yeah, I I, I still relate to this. With kind of that same sort of, I don't want to say moral compass, but pretty much moral compass of, you know, you you fight to defend your own and you fight to keep your own. It's a double-edged sword for me because sometimes I continue to fight for something that's not worth keeping. I will admit that that is a relationship that everybody else saw how bad it was for me. And I continued to fight and say, no, you don't understand. And I've kind of talked myself into a circle here. So I'm going to sum this one up just real nice and tidy here you fight to keep yours you love yours and you protect them and you stay loyal to them but you also kind of have to know when to just go enough is enough it isn't worth the the harm it's doing to me to keep doing this and then the other one is somewhat related how could he worship and hate her at the same time i will say with that relationship without going into too many details i hated so much about that relationship cheating the lying the secrets and yet the moment of watching someone who you care about smile and tell you that they love you kind of clouds that hatred of the things that they do there is a duality there you can love a person and hate what they do, but just because you love them, that doesn't mean that the bad that they do is worth keeping them. Some things you can just overlook and keep going. Again, there has to be a part once you draw the line and say, "I can't. I hate what you do more than I love you."
4: Yeah, you have to do Yay. it for your for your own good.
5: Yeah, you, yeah. it's self preservation. Um, at a certain point, like even rats flee sinking ships.
3: At the end of our episodes, we like to read an excerpt from the next chapter. So this is, a cha- this is an excerpt from chapter six of Street Magic. When Evie couldn't decide between an orange tunic and a lavender one, Briar took both. They were secondhand after all and cheap. She ought to have more than one set of good clothes. They also found a black pair of loose trousers and a brown skirt that would fit her. Briar paid for everything then held the clean and dirty clothes while Evie slipped behind a curtain to change. She ought to have another headcloth or two, the woman who sold the clothes said idly, as if she didn't care if she earned a few dobs more, and a petticoat. She doesn't have loincloths either. I couldn't help but notice. Briar looked at her, his mouth curled wryly, and you just happened to have them. Special price, the woman assured him, since you're getting several items. She did finally sell, the extra clothes for a lower price than she'd first asked that was because briar had learned to dicker from tris who knew how to turn a bargain even daja who was born a trader let Triss handle the money when they shopped homesickness back in the spring when rosethorn had suggested a trip east with new plants and new uses for them he had jumped at it living in a cottage with three girls and two women closer to the girls than even a normal boy because they were all in each other's minds he couldn't wait to get away the idea of months without sandry drafting him as a dressmaker's dummy or daja going on at going on at table over a new way to work metal or Triss's swings between lost in a book oblivion and maturing cross patch brought him out of winding circle in a flash he hadn't even minded by to lark Sometimes Lark was a little understanding, not to mention indecently aware of the thoughts that went through a young boy's mind when a pretty novice smiled at him. Rosethorn was uninterested in Briar's changing view of of girls who were not of his house. Rosethorn was uninterested in Briar's changing view of girls who were not housemates, and her own temper made it impossible for her to be too understanding, ever. It was only after they'd been gone a week that Briar realized he was listening for the girls' voices and wondering what they were up to. It was harder to find good books without Triss, harder to get a good round of quarterstaff practice without Daja, and pouring his troubles into Rosethorn wasn't as soothing as it was with Sandry. Sandry would listen solemnly and sympathize and tell him how wonderful he was. Briar knew better than to even suggest that Rosethorn treat him that way. He liked his nose. Girls admired it. He didn't want to give Rose Thorn an excuse to bite it off. The merchant took a loincloth and headcloth behind the curtain. Soon afterward, she emerged with Evie. The girl was neatly dressed in the orange tunic and black trousers, a brown and orange headcloth covering her ragged hair. I don't see why you bother, she grumbled, because someone did it for me four years ago. He's always got more clothes than he needs, so he said I'd waste my time giving him more. He told me just to do the same for someone else, Briar said. He thrust the hemp bag with the other new clothes at her. You get to carry him, though. He bundled the dirty things under one arm and marched out of the stall before she asked other uncomfortable questions. He wasn't really sure why he was doing so much for her, though what he'd said about Nico, the maid who had clothed him and brought him to Winding Circle, was true. It certainly wasn't as if he liked this rude, impudent brat. High overhead, they could hear the toll of Kerrang of the Kerrang Gate Clock. It was the third hour afternoon. Time and pass to eat something, he said as his stomach rumbled. Evie's eyes brightened at the prospect of a meal. He followed his nose to a food vendor, where they bought steamed lamb and baked mushroom onion dumplings. Steamed quinces with walnut and honey stuffing were next. Both of them were pleasantly full when they washed their hands at the fountain and headed back to Briar's.
0: Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany. Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us.
5: If you don't like the show, tell your enemies.
4: (laughs) Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.
3: Or tell us what you think by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com.
0: Find all of our episodes at readingcircletemple.com and find more sound clips by following the Reading Circle Temple on SoundCloud. Never miss a post by following Reading Circle on Tumblr.
4: You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Facebook and join the Reading Circle Temple Facebook group
3: see our cats by following reading circle temple on instagram or
0: you can tweet at us at reading temple
5: a special thanks to yellow is for happy for our artwork if you like their art follow yellows for happy draws on tumblr and shannon and draws on
3: instagram
4: another special thanks to Brittany's brother thomas dick for our music find more of his music by following thomas dick on soundcloud
3: thanks to tamara pierce for writing the circle of magic and thanks to you for listening
0: Let's all have coffee next week. And then kitty. Sorry. <laughs> I don't remember that part of the story. <laughs> there are cats. There are cats. There are, but they were they did not make <laughs> themselves seen this chapter.
5: They were they mentioned,
3: didn't. but not seen. Correct. Uh though I just saw uh my my finger I turned back to the book and my finger is on the line arm and hand belong to the mute who held Ikrum as easily as Ikrum might a kitten so (laughs) references to cats are throughout anyway uh
1: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of
4: mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer.